This episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by Blue Land. Did you know that uh, about 5 billion, billion? That's a de- I checked that because that's a lot. Plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away every year. And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy. We're shipping around all this water using fuel when we don't have to. Every year, Americans throw away 25% more trash from Thanksgiving to New Year. This year, maybe turn the New Year's resolution into action that makes a difference by switching to Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. It's a simple idea. They have refillable cleaning products. They have a nice design. I have them in my home. It looks nice on your counter. You fill the reusable bottles with water, drop in the Blue Land tablets, wait for them to dissolve, and you never have to grab bulky, heavy cleaning supplies on your grocery run ever again. And refills, because they're small and you don't have to ship a bunch of water across the country, starts at just $2.25. You can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. From cleaning sprays to hand soap, toilet bowl cleaner, and laundry tablets, Laundry tablets, everybody, you know what I mean. All Blue Land products are made with clean ingredients that you can feel good about. Blue Land is trusted in over a million homes, including, yeah, mine. Blue Land has a special offer for listeners right now. You can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss it. Blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. Again, blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. Welcome to Dear Hank and John. <laughs> it's very weird to do the intro. That's right. Or, or as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John, did you know that you can get rid of most cancers with just a water gun? Oh, is that so? Yeah, it works on, on Libras and Capricorns as well. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, you mean like, I, okay. First off, I'm not going to workshop your joke because you have cancer and <laughs> it wouldn't be appropriate. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I do have some notes. <laughs> what? I think that it, I think it works. I, I tried this on someone else and it also failed. But I, to me, it's a good joke. It's the get rid of because that implies like a level of elimination or like yeah. complete killing. And then like I've got to reimagine this uh-huh. as just like just like force them to depart from within 50 feet of me. Yeah. As yeah. as the definition of get rid of. So I think the I think the place the to get rid look of is the problem is mm. the get rid of. Like do you yeah. know that you can something else most cancers with just a water gun? Yeah. Annoy, frustrate, yeah, dis- discourage. It's tricky. It's tricky. But, it's tricky. Yeah. So this is a different episode from usual. That's right. Hank. Do you want me to go through the whole thing? I, I know that you're the main character of your cancer diagnosis, but can uh-huh. I t- tell you what it was like for me? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's do that. Then you can tell your story. Okay. So uh, Sarah and I went to Sierra Leone. And before we left for Sierra Leone, there were a few, Hank and I had a few conversations where he would just mention his health, which is very unusual. Uh Like, I'm the one who mentions my health Mm. in our conversations. Mm. Yeah. 
I'm the one who worries about health. And I was really quite worried about this because it was so, it was unusual. And I thought maybe it was just like a symptom of you being overextended and overworked. Sure, that makes sense. And then we went to Sierra Leone and when we were, you seemed weird when we were in Sierra Leone. Like I would call you and I would be like, you cannot believe how amazing this 48,000 square foot hospital is, all the good it's gonna do, it's just incredible. And you would be like, that is incredible. And, but you just seemed off. Yeah. And like a little, like you were struggling to get to the level of excitement that I was feeling. And then when we had a long trip home and when we were in the car on the way home, dad picked us up, our dad picked Sarah and I up and he basically immediately told us that you just had a biopsy and that you'd had an MRI earlier in the week and there was a lot of suspicion that you might have some kind of cancer in your lymph nodes. Mm -hmm. And that was scary, but I think for the first few days also, we were all able to tell ourselves like, well, maybe it's nothing. And even doctors were like, it could very well be nothing. Yeah. And then you heard from the surgeon that it was definitely not nothing. And then we, I think everybody who loves you and who knew was really, really scared for a while. And I was with mom and dad a lot. And then we found out that you have Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a very treatable, very curable form of lymphoma. There's a lot known about it. There's been a good treatments for for a while now. Mm -hmm. And that made it easier for all of us, I think, a little less scary, a little more known. But man, you know, the main thing that I've, I've been thinking about the last 10 days, and I know that you don't want me or the last two weeks or whatever, three weeks, I don't know how long it's been, but I know that you don't want me to be sentimental and, and everything. And I know that we have a lot to talk about, but like, so I I don't really want to like front load the, um, the emotion part of it, but you know, you're my oldest friend. You're my brother. You're the person I trust most in the world other than my spouse. Everything I've made in my professional life, I've made either with you or to impress you. <laughs> I, you know, I I can't imagine life without both of us. Mm-hmm. Like the thing that is, like when I imagine myself dying, which I do, I don't know, six or 700 times a day, the thing that is most unbearable is not to think about dying. It's to think about like, my kids and Sarah and and you. And so it just, here's the thing. The basic thing I wanna, I wanna say is that like the great joy of my, or one of the biggest joys of my life has been it, the fact that in adulthood, we've been able to be in it together, in all kinds of things together, in making stuff together, in hard times together, in frustration together, in like struggling to fathom the political environment in which we find ourselves together, like all of that, we've been able to be in it together. And um, I know that we can't be all the way in it together with this, Mm -hmm. but I'm with you and I want to be as together as we can be, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's, I feel 
Like I've already learned a lot about how to be in this situation, even though I've only been in this situation for like, oh. So as you're, as you're hearing this, um, the Vlogbrothers video would have come out uh, a few days ago. Yeah, maybe we should just, maybe we should back up and you tell your part of the story. Okay. To start, okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, so I um, had shingles a while back. Uh, a bunch over the summer, yeah, which can be coincident with lymphoma in both ways. Um, oh. uh, where like you can get it because you have lymphoma, but you can also you're like you're like the lymphoma can kind of get like you can kind of have lymphoma like stuff going on, and then it can get triggered by um, by shingles. So be, just because you have that that like sort of long term intense infection. So anyway, it might, but it also could have nothing to do with it. So I had this uh, three bouts of shingles, which is very weird. Um, but I was on Humira at the time for my colitis, and they they figured yeah. it's probably because of the Humira. And in fairness, uh, when I started taking, when I stopped taking the Humira, I stopped having shingles. Um, but the last bout I had uh, was across the top of my chest and into my armpit. Mm. And shingles, if you don't know, uh, it's an infection of the nerves that is the same virus as chickenpox. So chickenpox like hangs out in your nervous system. And then if your immune system gets lowered, you get you can get shingles. Um, and so it's terribly painful rash, basically, where your your nerves are infected with this virus. Oh, God, that's that sounds so painful. It hurts a lot. <laughs> um, Just the phrase, and, your nerves are infected with this virus, yeah. is very evocative of physical pain. Yeah. And and after that, like, I, like my armpit remained swollen. Um, and then I went to see the doctor, and they were like, there's probably nothing. And then I, it's, they remain, it remained swollen, and I went to see the doctor, and they were like, okay, well, let's get a scan. And it was like, uh, like pretty obvious immediately that it, this was not a something that probably wasn't a big deal. It was like this could very well be a big deal, and like yeah. the 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 tech who was doing my ultrasound was like, "You should stay here. Usually, there's a doctor who I can go grab." Because <laughs> uh, usually, the tech is like they don't say anything. They're like they're, right. that's not their job. Right. You'll um, get your results in a couple of days. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, and the doctor sort of explained what it was exactly about the ultrasound that looked suspicious. And like, I couldn't tell you, it was like, there's been effacement of the fatty hyla or something like that. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Uh, I believe you that it's worrying. And then, you know, so I got to get scheduled for a biopsy and then that happened. And then it takes a while for the biopsy results to come back. Sometimes a really long time because they're not like th- with certain problems, it's a, bu- it can be a bunch of different things and they have to like do genetic testing, et cetera. But with this, it took a couple of days and there was that period that was probably the worst bit so far between finding out that it was lymphoma specifically, which did mean that it wasn't a number of other things that that it could have been that would have been bad, which would be like a melanoma that had moved to my lymph nodes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that would have been worse than this um so but but the period of time between finding out that it was you know we're gonna have to do cancer stuff which is good to find out because you can start some balls rolling and finding out what kind it was was the worst part and like it was like you would not believe how giddy i was finding out that it was hodgkins like it was ridiculous um because you know that's it's a different game than a lot of lymphomas yeah it was good news amid the bad news. Um, 
not that other, you know, there's just a lot of forms of lymphoma, of, of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. There's like over 60 and some of them are very treatable and some of them are really, really difficult to treat. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you don't even treat like certain kinds of, of non-Hodgkin's. It's just like, oh, you've got it, but like, we're going to keep an eye on you until it gets bad and then we'll treat you because the treatment. And that's another thing that I've learned. If you're curious, this is all about balancing you know, with, with with Hodgkin's specifically, but really with all cancer and chemotherapy, it's about balancing, you know, the side effects of the treatment with the potential positive outcomes. Right. So you could go way harder than they're going to go mm-hmm. on me because mm-hmm. they're going to like let it go and and see how it responds. And then like, you know, with Hodgkin's, usually it responds pretty well. And then they give you some time to see if it comes back and, and they monitor you for a long time. Usually it doesn't come back. And if it does, then they just go again. And mm-hmm. usually it responds well the second time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, or, or they do radiation or they do immunotherapy. Like there's, and there's like a bunch of treatments that exist now that didn't exist, right? you know, even, even five years ago. Um, and so the, it's about like trying to, because uh, like the chemo can have side effects that are, you know, not like, you feel bad for a month. You can get some damage to your heart or some damage to your lungs. And like, so you got to watch out for that. Right. It's all kinds of long-term side effects too. It increases certain yeah. risks long-term. So. Right. And the radiation is the same way where, where yeah. you know, you don't want to do radiation on the first go because you're increasing yeah. odds of future problems, future cancers. Um, this, the week that we're recording this is kind of my week from hell. Monday's great. Uh, Tuesday, I'm prepping for a colonoscopy because I had to, I was, I had a colonoscopy scheduled and they really want to do it both to see like how my current treatment regimen is working and be, just to, for screening reasons. And we've been postponing it because of, uh, because my treatment has been changing. Uh, but they don't want you to do a colonoscopy after you've started chemo because it can increase chances of complications. So they like moved it up. So tomorrow I start, I start the prep for my colonoscopy. Then I get the colonoscopy. Then I get my PET scan and my chemo port. That PET scan will tell me how, like what stage lymphoma Hodgkin's this is. Um, as of right now, it seems like the, since I'm feeling fine and the scans did not show it, my MRI didn't show it in any other places. That's probably very early um, in the progression of the disease, but we'll confirm that because MRIs don't show everything with the PET scan. And then I start chemo on Friday. Yeah. Um, which, as of the recording of this podcast, uh, is three days ago, <laughs> or the release of this podcast. Right. So. Right. So as you're listening, Hank has already started treatment and he's on the road. Yeah. There's a little bit of... So we don't argue much. I, I often say that we've only had one argument, uh, which was at, Vi- yeah. at VidCon. But but you've pointed out that really we've we've had more arguments than that. It's just that only one really erupted into a <laughs> yeah. full, I don't even think you raised your voice necessarily, but like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I would actually argue that our, our second biggest argument behind the argument that we had at VidCon when the Gregory Brothers um, video was malfunctioning is about the what the next six months look like. Because one well, of... One, I mean... Yeah, but yeah. I think we should have... I, I, I think it's a good idea to have this out. Yeah. Let's model how we have arguments, Hank. Well, I, honestly, I think we're probably going to come to the same place, which is where I'm at. 
I think that we're going to end up where I am, John. As we always do. That's why we never have arguments. Um, is because I always yeah. Hank, Hank just Hank just slowly delivers me to his place. No, sometimes I, I I remain passionately opposed to Hank's positions. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So so here's what I think. I and the argument just the argument just to be clear is is about. It's about work. It's about Dear Hank and John. It's about Vlog Brothers. It's about all the stuff that we we do together. Um, yeah. And this is look like I, it's complicated because obviously work is not the most important thing, but work is isn't really important. You know, like there are over a hundred people who work for either DFTVA or or Complexly, and you know for whom Hank is ultimately their CEO, and so. It's not an insignificant thing. And then there's the community of, of Nerdfighteria and, and the community of people who listen to this podcast. And we are conscious, while we know that, you know, everybody listening is only wants the best for Hank and only wants whatever's going to be good and helpful for him, you know, we're also conscious of the fact that this isn't just hard for Hank, uh, it's also hard for everybody who cares about Hank, which includes people who listen are listening right now and includes people who care about our videos and people who work for Complexly and DFTBA. You know, there's so many people around the world who are thinking of and, uh, dare I say it, Hank praying for uh, Hank. And we want to be conscious of that. And yeah. while while also finding our way through, because it's... it's uh, yeah, it's complicated. And so I think my impulse is to say, like, Hank needs to be on sabbatical. Like, let's set, let's set some absolute boundaries. And I think Hank's impulse is more like, let's see how I feel. That's And that that's right. Like, the thing I don't want to do is, is set myself up to not have anything to do. Right. I get that. I totally get that. Yeah. And, and your response to that, which I get, is like, just hang out, read books, watch TV, go for walks, do restorative yoga. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, um, but I need I I you know there's a bunch of stuff that I feel good at when I'm doing it, right? And that I feel better after I'm done, right? And you know I kind of expected because I like went in to shoot SciShow the sort of like three days after I found out um, and, and hadn't hadn't really told anybody yet um, except for a couple high level people at Complexly and DFTBA and and I was like I'm gonna be so tired after this. I'm going to be so exhausted because like, because I was really like, I, so I got the, the biopsy where they actually remove your whole lymph node or a whole lymph node so that they can get a really good look at what's going on inside. And I, and like after that, I felt really tired and I was, and then like four days later, I still felt really tired. And I was like, this is the lymphoma. I'm like, I have lymphoma fatigue. And then I just kept getting less tired every day. And it Mm. turned out that I had surgery fatigue and I mm-hmm. had stress fatigue and I had maybe, you know, painkiller fatigue and, uh, you know, abuse bar fatigue just because, you know, I was getting, I was drowsy because of taking an anti-anxiety because I was really freaked out. Um, and so that, um, and I go, go and I film SciShow and it was a light shoot day. Um, and then I do tangents. And at the end of that, I felt the best I had felt since like the, the first worrying scan. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Okay, this is important data because because honestly, what I do want to do is lay in bed and feel like crap. Like I totally want to do that. I'm into that. Uh, uh, like that's what my brain is 
pushing for a lot of the time. And I don't feel better in that situation. And so I, I want to figure out things to work on mm-hmm. that are low lift, low mm-hmm. stress, mm-hmm. Um, that are not, and like, you know, honestly, also I need to be doing physical things, though that's going to mm-hmm. be extra hard, I think. Um, you know, biggest side effect of chemo is the thing that everybody has is fatigue. And, uh, and so I, I, you know, like what I want is to not have to do anything, yeah, but to do things that make me like, like when I feel up to it, to do things that make me feel good. Right. And like, you know, I have been journaling, which I never do because that's, it's felt very necessary. Yeah. And I've been writing, you know, just writing some stuff that's not journaling. Great. But I, I, have, no, I have no idea what direction it's moving in. Mm, I'd love like to hear that, though. With no, with no goal. That's the best no kind. No gold. No goal. And what I don't want is to be in a situation where I think I'd feel better if I made a podcast or made a vlog with this video or went into shoot SciShow mm-hmm. and people are like, no, you can't. Right. Right. And I, I, I absolutely understand that. And, and I, you know what, we were going to have an argument and I just, I, I, I completely acquiesce. Like I agree with, unfortunately, I agree with everything <laughs> you said. So I told can't, you, I can't model how to have an argument except to say that I am concerned that you feel obligations, even when everyone works really hard to have you not feel them. Mm-hmm. So I just want you to be conscious of that. Right. So I have a couple questions from from what you just shared, but the first thing is that for the next like four to six to twelve months, depending on treatment and lots of other things, uh, you're not going to have a weekly Dear Hank and John. You may not have any Dear Hank and John except for the like six hundred episodes that we've already made, half of which you haven't listened to. <laughs> and um, you, and we <laughs> encourage you to listen to those episodes because we will be keep we, John Never. will be recording new advertisements uh, because we have obligations yeah, I mean, that, to. That's a weird thing, yeah. but like we have to have an ad break in this one because we um, well we need to like this wasn't obvious. Just to state the obvious, like we didn't have this in the budget. <laughs> Well, we, we also like have have you know we we could we could cancel the contracts, but we have contracts and yeah. they exist already. Yeah, and and we may we may have to cancel the contracts. That's not a big deal. Um, as the person who's taking over for Hank and some of these CEO roles, I look forward to those phone calls where I can be like, "We're canceling this contract," and if you uh, are mean about it, you kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> just, just so you know, like we're like not, square that with your yeah, own conscience. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like you know, I, which is not to say like we expect advertisers to spend money on on things that aren't being a- advertised or like impressions yeah. that don't exist. But we do expect advertisers to be cool about us taking some time off and and then not charging them. <laughs> we do expect that to be cool. So anyway. For the next four to six to 12 months, uh, depending on how everything goes treatment-wise, we don't know how often, if at all, there will be new episodes of Dear Hank and John because we just don't want to put that pressure on Hank. Yeah, and I like doing it. Um, uh, So, Of course. And if you call me (laughs) and you say, I'd like to record a podcast right now, I'm done watching Netflix and I'm done writing and I want to record a podcast, I'll be like, great, let's record a podcast. Right. Yeah. 
but I don't want to have the expectation that that's going to happen for listeners or for us because we just don't know. And I think making space for you to feel however you're going to feel is the right call. Right. Um, and if you want to watch a bunch or listen to a bunch of old Dear Hank and Johns. Oh, we've got some. That's They're there. Have we got they're some. ready for you. They, that's great. Yeah. Get those impressions. Yeah. Uh, to deliver. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We're fine. Uh, everything's fine. Uh, if you, if you've joined the Patreon, we we'd love it if you stayed. Uh, we will we will be back. <laughs> yeah, but but and all and and we should say like the, the just so nobody worries. Like the money from this podcast doesn't go to us. It goes to Complexly to support stuff like SciShow and Crash Course and all the other mm-hmm. stuff that, that that gets made there. And and the folks working behind the podcast uh, who we're so grateful to for uh, their flexibility, especially the last few weeks, um, are are going to be fine as well. So uh, don't don't worry on our account. We just want to apologize for the fact that we do have to have an ad break, which reminds me, Hank. <laughs> yep. Oh, this is going to be hard. Um, uh-huh. Today's podcast is brought to you uh-huh. by... Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll tell you, man. I'll tell you, it's all it's all been fun and games for the last five years, but turns out you gotta get life insurance, guys. <laughs> let's just let's just roll the ads. <laughs> you don't want to do another one? I had a couple, I had a couple in mind. Oh, okay. What do you got? Um no, I I I at the moment, I had one, but then my here's something that's been happening to me in the last month. Like my mind will go utterly blank, utterly, mm. Mm. like the like so blank that I'm like, did I just achieve enlightenment? Do I exist? I'll, no, it, for me, it's more like, is that? Did I just glimpse nirvana? <laughs> there's nothing. There's just nothing there. There's no suffering because yeah. there's no desire because there's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah he, anyway here's here's maybe some ads i don't know if we sold these impressions this episode of dear hang john is brought to you by thrive market thrive market is there to help you maintain the kinds of habits that you want to have for me i need to have the right kind of food in the house or i will eat whatever oreo recently sent me some free fancy oreos they were weird i ate all of them i ate all of them in a week and it was a problem. I can't do that. I need to have healthy, good stuff in the house. And Thrive Market can help you have healthy habits. It's a great go-to for all your grocery and household essentials. And the convenience of getting everything online and then like just quickly shipped to the doorstep, it's a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with great ingredients and sourcing methods. They got Amy's, Banza, Burt's Bees, Trobani, Honest Kids, Kind, Mike's Hot Honey, Oatly, Olipop, Poppy, Salt, I've never heard of salt, but it's got two A's in it, so it has to be good. And as a Thrive Market member, you can save money on every single grocery order. On average, you can save over 30% every time. And they also have a deals page that changes every day. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a $60 free gift. I enjoyed my $60 free gift. I was surprised by it, and it was the kind of thing I wouldn't have bought. And then now I'm like on the ghee train. They gave me free ghee. And I was like, I don't know what ghee is. But then I was like, oh, this is great. It's like butter, but it's different. 
and more spreadable. Go to thrivemarket.com slash dearhank for 30% off your first order, plus that free $60 gift. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, market.com slash dearhank, thrivemarket.com slash dearhank. So we all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, but there are two things that you shouldn't compromise on. One is name brand Dr. Pepper. The off-brand stuff just doesn't hit the same. And another is, of course, your health. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines or their family group chat or the crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally, no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat basically any condition you're searching for. And the typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. So go to ZocDoc.com slash DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash dear hank zocdoc.com slash dear hank um so john i have a question for you great what's it what's my job like you've done a little bit of it in the last week or two how is it oh my god oh well i don't know what it's like normally it's not easy and it's not as easy as you make it out to be and it's very time consuming and i don't know how you do other stuff like, I do not know how you did this job or these jobs, being the CEO of DFTBA and Complexly, and wrote two novels. I, I don't understand how you did that. I also have a hard time figuring that out. Here's what I'll say about your job. You work with amazing people, and that makes it bearable. <laughs> <laughs> But it is not an easy job. I am, I'll tell you what, after two weeks of kind of doing your job, I'm very, very impressed. Uh, and and by the way, you've still been doing much of your job. Like, I don't really fully take on your jobs until like Wednesday, mm-hmm. a couple days from now. And I'm quaking in my boots, man. <laughs> Good. Um, John, do you want to know what some things I've learned about being a cancer patient? Yeah, yeah. Are these going to be dad jokes as well, or no. are these going to be actual observations <laughs> based on eight eight days of experience? Uh, well, the other dad joke I had um, was, what's the most expensive haircut you can get? <laughs> <laughs> now, see, that is a great joke. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, not only is it expensive, it's not great. Yeah, it's a bad haircut, and it takes forever. <laughs> Weeks. <laughs> Weeks of individual oh, hairs getting cut how, one at a time. How do you feel about the prospect, just to turn it back to you, because I know you're trying to make it about me for a minute, yep. but how do you feel about the, the, the prospect of, of losing your hair? Uh, Is that an emotional connection for you? Yeah, yeah I, I worry about it a little bit when it cut like... So, so like, there's two. There's a bunch of reasons why I might not make YouTube videos. Obviously, um, but but hair being one of them is interesting to think. Like, mm, I yeah. don't know if like I I talked about this in my vlog or this video, but I don't know. Like, I don't. 
this is an identity that I'm having put upon me by by reality, and I don't know what, how right. to what extent I want to lean into it. Um, yeah, and like, but you know, it's just our bodies. It's just I, I'm I am also worried about how Oren's going to feel about it. Yeah, he's not he's not a big fan of change. Right, and um, and I like I think that that might be the thing that like hits him hits home the most for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I. I honestly worry more about my eyebrows than my hair. Yeah. Which you can, you know, you can do makeup things right, for sure. Right. But with your eyebrows, they're, they're part of how you you express yourself and part of how you communicate. Yeah. Like we see lots of people without hair. Right. Uh, but I, eyebrows usually stick around unless there's a reason. Right. Um, and, you know, so I, I've thought about that. And like there's there's lots of things you can do. You can go full eyebrow wig if you want to. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so so... I also don't know how to play it exactly because there's like two bad parts of it. One, you start to get really thin hair. And two, there's hair everywhere. Yeah. And so the thing that to do is usually once, once it starts to come out, you shave it so that you're not like clocking up your drains all the time. Right. And um, there's so much more hair on your head than you think. And so... I don't, I don't, I haven't sort of decided how I'm going to play that one yet. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely, it's a thing that it's like, it, it's, it's a present thought, which is surprising, honestly. Well, I think everybody responds to it differently, but you're right that it's sort of the, it's a very visible marker, right? Like mm-hmm. it's a, it's something that's visibly associated with, with cancer for, for a lot of people. And then also lots of, for lots of people, like, their hair is a big part of their self-expression. Yeah. It's, you know, and I think for you, maybe maybe a little bit less so since you have had the same haircut since you were about eight. But mm-hmm. I think the part of it that I can see being difficult for you is that, like you said, it's an identity that you didn't choose. And I could see how it, you might not feel comfortable with your, with your appearance. Mm-hmm. But- I actually think that you might you you, you might be very handsome. <laughs> we'll see what shape my head is. Yeah, like there's always the possibility that Oren's going to be like, finally, dad looks like he's supposed to look. So what are the things that you've learned so far in your eight days as a cancer patient? So um, 20 days. First, not that much. Um, and I'm, yeah. I have a lot of learning left to do. For sure. Um, so I've talked to a lot of people. Um who have known about this. And here are the best and worst things you can say from my experience so far. Great. I think this is something everybody needs. Yes. I think that this is like the most important learning because everybody's going to know somebody with cancer at the very least. Right. Worst thing is they ask how you're doing and I say, okay. And then they say, but how are you really doing? Oh, yeah. That's, this is not This is not what I want to do. Yeah. Um, I would tell you how I'm really doing if I wanted to. Also, I have no idea how I'm really doing. Like this is, it's very deep and complex. I can't can't dig that deep right now. And I I really don't want to look, thank you. I'm at the grocery store. I don't really want to think too hard about how I'm doing. Yeah. Um, And then on the other hand, um, the best thing someone has said to me is, Mm -hmm. I think you're doing really good. Right. Like, I think you're doing this well. Yeah. And- Instead of instead of someone asking me how I'm doing, because I feel like I'm a big, huge pile of mess, garb, just wet garbage, being being told that this is hard and I'm doing a good job mm-hmm. is the is like that's what I need to hear because I don't know 
uh, if I'm doing a good job mm-hmm. and I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I know what I'm supposed to be doing, like objectively, like I'm on the path, I'm doing the things, I got all the things scheduled and, you know, I think I did a good job of getting things on the rails. Um, but like to just hear that I'm doing it right yeah. feels really good because that's like one of the, one of the hardest parts of this is that like, it's so new. I don't know what it's supposed to feel like or be like, Mm -hmm. and I don't know how to feel. So like, just tell me how to feel. That's great. Tell me, tell me to feel like I'm doing a good job. That will feel very good. Yeah. So, um, although yes, would it feel good if somebody walked up to you in the grocery store and said, you're doing a great job? I don't know that it would. No, I think it has to be somebody who has some some awareness of the situation. Right. (laughs) But if somebody walks up to you in a grocery store, the nicest thing they can say is, I hope you're doing well and we're thinking about you. You got this. We're rooting for you. That kind of thing. Yeah. And that's great. I've gotten lots of that. And, and, you know, and then then like the next time, it's like, so you having tacos tonight? Yes. Like that's. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right, like um, you are still other things. Yeah, uh, and I and 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 I can imagine that you would not want to have your identity diminished to this identity you didn't choose. Like yeah. that in, that includes who you are. That's part of who you are, but it's certainly not all of who you are. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Not to take it back to tuberculosis, but that's something that I heard <laughs> a lot from people living with MDR-TB, that one of the hardest things about it is that to their social order, to their community, and sometimes even to their families, they become nothing but a person with TB who is therefore dangerous, discounted, Mm -hmm. um, a threat, a representation of a fear rather than a person. Yep. Just one other comment on this or question about this. Don't you think worse than how are you really feeling would be if you reached out to a good friend to tell them about your cancer diagnosis and then they started crying and said, how can this be happening? You do so much yoga. (laughs) That one hasn't happened to me. Which Uh, is what I said to my my dear friend, Amy. Um, So whatever whatever people have said to you, Hank, just take solace. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the knowledge that it could be worse. Could be that. Uh, could be yeah. that. Could be that. So when you think about what you need, of course, like it's a one day at a time thing. You have no, like you said, you have a lot to learn. You don't know what the future looks like, even like five days into the future, which must be its own kind of stress. But do you think that you're going to get into a new kind of media? Because that's like what it seems to me like you will have time for. Yeah. And I think that that's an opportunity. Well, what do you mean, John? I mean- Like, like enjoying it or, or hard, creating it? Hard-boiled, noir, mystery movies from the 40s. Gotcha. No stakes. Lots of death, but not any death that you're invested in. Not only are all of the characters dead, all the actors are dead. This is a tricky thing for me. Um, because I have a hard time yeah. enjoying content that I can't see myself participating in somehow. Whoa. 
Wait, yeah. what? So are you telling me that like you can't like Star Wars because you're like, I'm not a Jedi. No, 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 no. I watch Star Wars and I'm like, yeah, I could be that stormtrooper. <laughs> what do you mean you could be that stormtrooper? I don't understand. Like in the, like in the costume. Uh, oh, like you could be like that. A, like the oh, actor. Wait, you watch movies and you think like which role would I play? I feel like I'm bearing my soul too much. I was going to say, this might actually be the most vulnerable moment, not any of the <laughs> cancer talk. <laughs> this is real openness right here, and I appreciate it. And I want to say that I hear you, that when you watch a movie, you think, what role would I play? Or I think, like, how would I write that scene? Or I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how would I direct it? I'll tell you what, that's perfect with noir mystery movies because you'll say, how would I write this scene? Maybe a little less sexist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think what you'd enjoy about them is the clipped humorous, not exactly humorous, but like the clipped, sharply observed dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yes, I like that. You know? I like that a lot. I, You know what I have been, so like the thing that's been best so far, and I, yeah. I expect for this to wane some, um, but is anything that's got like, a joke every five seconds. Mm. Um, so Wayne's World. Yeah, yeah, like really silly, funny movies. Seinfeld, stand-up comedy. Uh, the one where um, Will Ferrell is a professional ice skater. Yeah, like that. Yeah, um, it has to have a lot of jokes very fast. Um, right to keep my brain occupied. They don't even all have to land. Right, like that's the that's the magic of those movies mm-hmm. is. The jokes don't all have to be good, but they have to, the quantity has to be incredibly high. Yeah. And you know what this means, John? Hmm. Is that I've been imagining myself doing stand-up about cancer. No, please, God. Please, please, I God, know. no. I'm please being very not. vulnerable right the, now. The last thing I need is Hank Green emerging from this experience with a new damn job. That's right. I can't have be it. touring, I can't touring America. Beca- what if what if something happens? What if you break a leg or something? And then I have to tour America just like I have to be the CEO of these companies for a few months. I don't like that at all. <laughs> who, who, will, who will think about me? Oh, man. I don't know, John. Oh, God. I have to be like be on stage like doing Hank's jokes. That's right. Be, being like, being like, <laughs> being like Euripides. You meant it? <laughs> it's a deep cut. It's a deep cut. Oh, all right. So um, how are you doing really? <laughs> no idea, John. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Um, I think the main thing that we want to say, though, to everybody listening is that we know this is hard. We know this is tough for you. Like Hank and I have had a while mm-hmm. to talk about this and talk about it with family and process it and dream about it and all that stuff. And, you know, obviously we know that it's different for you than if it was a member of your family, but it's also, it is somebody you care about and it's scary, it's scary for us too. And, you know, we're, we're sorry to have this bad news to drop on you, but also, um, you know what, something I've noticed in the last Three weeks, Hank. Uh-huh. I say a sentence that's 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 sad. Uh-huh. Like this is hard. This is hard. This sucks. And then I say, but yeah, 
but I don't know what's coming after I say but. Yeah, why did I say that? Why did I do that? It's like, uh, is this an American thing where like they they raised no, us to, they raised us to be improbably optimistic and hopeful in the face of all things. I, I don't know what it. Well, I think it's just a human thing. It's a human you don't want to tell people just bad news, right? You want to tell them um, the but. Yeah, you can if if you haven't watched my Vlogbrothers video, you can watch that. It's quite it's you know it's about it's a little over ten minutes long and and it has some of the butts in it like that. The Hodgkin's lymphoma is uh, one of the better cancers if you're going to get a cancer. Um, it's certainly not lucky uh, because it's very, it's actually quite rare. Yeah. But um, it's lucky the, as uh, these things go. It's lucky as these things go. And the, you know, I don't know what the treatment journey is going to look like. You, no one really knows. This is, this is the other thing that I have learned is that there isn't a lot of comparability between stories, right? Um, because you don't you don't know how treatment's going to affect you. Yeah, you don't know. You know, you don't know a lot about how the disease is progressing. Yeah, uh, because you don't get like a PET scan every two days. You know, so you, like you're always in in situations of uncertainty, and you're always in situations uh, where. There's a bunch of new stuff that you don't have control over. And, and like, we're always in that situation, you know, th- where, you know, control is, is always a bit of an illusion. Um, uh, things can, can always change very quickly. And, you know, I'm glad to know what's wrong. I'm glad to know what to do about it. I'm glad, I'm very glad that, like, the financial part of this is not stressing me out, which right. it would be for 99% of Americans. Right. Um, I'm very glad uh, to have such great support structures. I'm very glad that sort of, like, what to do is known, but, like, what it's going to be like is unknown. Yeah. People respond very differently to these drugs. The side effect profiles are very different person to person. The you know, the cancer responds differently in different people. It's so like, it, sometimes it's short and sometimes it's long and you just don't know until you're through. And so like the thing that was the first thing anybody said to me when it looked like I might have cancer was like, you need to start seeing this as what's going on today. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking about what might be in six months, don't because you don't know. You just have no idea what this is going to be like. Right. So just take it day to day, and it's very hard for me to do. Yeah. But but I am better when I'm doing it that way. Like I do feel better. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I think that that's the right approach. And you're right that uncertainty is with us all the time. And sometimes we can be hard. Like I, I think sometimes we can say like, oh, it's it's always an illusion, like safety, security, certainty is always an illusion. And that's true. It is always an illusion, but like, it's, it's a privilege to be able to take respite in that illusion. Yeah. And sometimes in your life, you will not be able to take respite in that, in that illusion. And that's hard. Yeah. But I did it again. Um, you said what? But, Isn't it weird that this is happening? That's the other thing. It's very just... weird. It's very weird. It's very weird. I mean, it's I, like I keep I like even now. Yeah. You know, two weeks post diagnosis, as you're hearing this, I've I'm like in chemo hangover mode. I'm still like, but like maybe I don't though. Yeah. Like 
Right. Like, it seems like probably, like, it can't be, that can't be really the thing. Yeah, right. I mean, the whole thing about, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I feel the same way, like, on a different scale, obviously, because it's not happening to me. But that same feeling of, like, oh, weird. Like, yeah. This is weird. And there is also the weirdness of having to talk about it in public, which is weird. Mm -hmm. But it would also be weird to not talk about it in public. And certainly, I don't know about you, Hank, but when I was uh, 25 years old and uh, making a uh, commitment to have a public life that I did not understand that I was making (laughs) uh, with with the publication of my first book, it did not occur to me that I would have to live the big moments in life in public. Yeah. Or to some extent. Yeah. But it also would have felt, I mean, this is something that we talked about a lot at the very beginning. Like, I was like, you know, whatever. If you want to say, like, we're taking a sabbatical because we're taking a sabbatical because I got overworked, I'd be like, great, fine. But that felt off to you. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I there are people who have done it that way and um and I totally respect that choice and yeah, me too uh and understand it um mm-hmm. you know this is weird there are like parts of it that I'm worried about I'm worried about like I don't think that press is going to care that much or be invasive I am a little like I don't you know, if you've got if you've been through chemo and you've got like advice, I will hear it for sure. If you've got mm-hmm. like, uh, here's how you cure cancer without chemo, I don't need to hear the. the I'm sure that's right. well meaning, but like that's not that's not it's not uh, helpful. That's not helpful, or honestly, it's not real. Um, you know, you you have to you have to face these things with reality and and with the clear knowledge that we have lots of evidence for what works in situations like this and what doesn't. Yeah. So in conclusion, if you're a hemonc doctor yeah. or you've been through chemo, by all means, send us an email at hankandjohnatgmail.com. Yeah, like, Otherwise- yeah, And I've, I've been really glad to hear from friends and to have yeah. some friends who've been through it and they're like, right. you know, you, you ask, ask for a second blanket and make sure you bring a snack and, um, you know, the nurses like it when you bring cookies, like all of that is great. Yeah. Um, very into that. And, and also like, you know, maybe, uh, like I probably should be doing some physical activities that I, I'm capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's also something I need to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, ha- you know, I've been reading the, I've been reading the subreddits and at least watching, watching the YouTube videos. And it's great to have those resources for sure. Yeah. Um, but to go back to the point, there are aspects of it being public that of course, are concerning and potentially challenging. Yeah. But also the relationship that we've built with this community is such that over the last like 17 years or whatever is such that I think for both of us, it would be hard not to talk about what's going on. Yeah. And just disappear. Yeah. I mean, I felt bad like canceling those two. Like, I had to cancel two college events, and it was before I had anything definitive. Um, and I felt bad just doing that, yeah, and saying and not having a like a clear reason why, right? Um, so, right. Um, I do want to address a couple things that I think might come up in response to this. First off, like, why don't you do Dear John and Sarah or Dear John and Guest Host for a few months? I I think the short answer is because I don't want to. 
At its core, this is a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. And I don't really want to lose that. I certainly don't want to lose it for months. Mm -hmm. And also, unlike Hank, I don't know that I have the capacity to do all this stuff well. And so that's the other reason. The same may go for Vlogbrothers videos. I have no, I have no idea. Yeah. And I, but it's, you know, it's Vlogbrothers. Like that's yeah. what it's always yeah, been. Yeah, I think and that, I, 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 yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and I, like, that's what I want and it shouldn't matter. Nothing else should matter. <laughs> right <now>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that, that's a great card to be able to play. And, and, and you know, I also want to keep making videos. They might, they might look different. Um, in one way or another, and they might be more infrequent. Um, and I don't know, and maybe there won't be any, but like right. uh, where I'm at right now, I like making YouTube videos and it's easy, uh, not to brag, but I know how to do it. When you've done something <laughs> for 1400 times, yeah, it's easier than it used to be. That's for sure. It's way easier for you than it is for me. Every time I see your workflow, I'm just like, oh, that's how he does it in three hours instead of 10. Yeah. But I, yeah, I mean, my, my feeling about that is basically like, if you call me and tell me you want to do a podcast, we'll make a podcast. And if you call me and tell me you're going to make a Vlogbrothers video on Friday, I'll make one on the Tuesday before and the Tuesday after or something like that. But like, mm -hmm. no, I don't think anybody, I, I honestly, Hank, I don't think anybody feels, wants us to feel pre like, I don't no. think anybody's yeah, putting exactly. pressure on us to do that stuff except for us. Yeah. And I only want to do it if it's, if it feels good and right. like editing a video is very meditative for me mm, and it is very comfortable yeah. and, and like recording it kind of sucks and writing it is, is the, is the bigger question. Right. Like to what extent am I going to be like, am I going to be interested or able? Yeah. Um, and the other thing that, that, uh, if I don't feel like recording and editing a video, I, I have thought about whether we could just do like some newsletter updates. Yeah. So we, the Dern Fateria newsletter, you can find the link to that in the Vlogbrothers video, um, and sign up for that if you want to get updates and stuff. Um, and that'll be at least be a point of contact. Can I tell them about how you tried to launch another gosh darn, I think I still think this is a good idea. Business venture yeah, in the midst of it. this. Well, yeah, sure. I flipped my lid. You didn't like John didn't like it. Oh my god. I'm still mad. I gave up on that one immediately. When as soon as I as soon as I saw the the well, way that you I, had interpreted it, I was like, Everybody yeah, you're right. everybody was gonna it wasn't gonna be just me. Yeah. <laughs> um but the but yeah, so like I read an early draft of Hank's video and Hank's video is so beautiful. Um it you it's so it's so great. Uh you did a good job. You're doing a good job. But <laughs> the first draft, it was also great. It was beautiful. Except at the end, you know how like at the end of every YouTube video, like every every really effective YouTube video, there's a call to action. Like, like and subscribe or please donate to this cause or um, buy awesome coffee at awesomecoffeeclub.com. More necessary than ever. Uh, whatever it is. Uh, Hank's call to action at the end of the dang video was, I don't know how many Vlogbrothers videos I'm going to be making, but I'm starting up a new business. It's That's not it. That's new, not really it's what I newsletter. said. It's a newsletter business. Yeah. And so sign up for my brand new newsletter. And I was like, if you do that, if you You're start, if you reset what I said, if you reset the clock on how long has it been since <laughs> Hank Green started a thing, 
after just after getting diagnosed with cancer like everyone is going to be as mad as i am yeah i mean i was just thinking a fresh a nice fresh newsletter with you know for we got a news we got a newsletter yeah we have a newsletter and it's great it is good it provides a high quality newsletter experience to its tens of thousands of subscribers the last thing we need is a new thing that's a good point thank you yeah so you you won that one I'm also doing a good job. You are doing a good job. Thank you. I think that's, and and you know what? Everybody out there listening, you are doing a good job. That's all we want. And we don't care how you're feeling really. No, we do. But we don't, <laughs> we don't want to put pressure on you to answer it. You'll yeah. let us know. Yeah. Well, I mean, the wh- whatever way you're feeling is normal. This is a very strange situation. Um, yeah. For sure. And... You know, it's been helpful for me to have folks be like all these, all all the different directions your mind is running in. It's all normal and it's all yeah. common. And yeah, um, and everybody's going to bring their own stuff to it, right? Because so many people who listen, who are listening to this, are cancer survivors or love a cancer survivor or, or lost somebody to cancer, and so um, everybody's going to bring you know their their own particular memories uh, or experiences to this and commingle that with this experience that we're having. So we also like just, you know, I think it's, I think it's such, it's so individual. And so all we can really do is make space for that. Mm -hmm. The last thing I want, there is no news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon this week. Not as far as we know. Like literally, (laughs) 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 not just, not just that we don't want to talk about it. I don't think anything happened, but I do want to say that in advance of feeling it, because we haven't felt it yet, because as we're recording this, not that many people know. We're very grateful for your support, your generosity, your understanding. And I don't know if I'll make an yesterday video this year on August uh, 18th, but Hank, I love you so much. I admire you so much. It's This has been a hard, hard thing for you to go through already. But I admire the way that you're going through it with integrity, with curiosity, seeking to learn and opening yourself up to the hard, the hard feelings as well. So, yeah, I just, I just like you a lot. Thanks. I like you too, John. (laughs) I wasn't thinking about you. I was thinking about me. I was being, well, I I was being selfish the, in that moment. <laughs> no, I appreciate those kind words, though, Hank. Thank you. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So thanks for coming to our lymphoma spectacular. Yep. Uh, thanks for thanks for making a podcast with me, John. Um, oh. Thanks, thanks for to everybody who sent in their questions. Sorry we didn't answer any. I was doing okay until you said thanks for making a podcast with me, and then I got real <laughs> emotional. That's weird. I know. That's all the things. I know. It's like when I didn't cry at my high school graduation until I saw this kid I, I, I didn't know. And I was like, I'm never going to see that kid again. And by the way, I haven't. And there's just something. Yeah, there's something, you know, little moments yeah. where you just realize like how much you have to be grateful for. Like, I'm just so, I'm so glad that we've been able to make so many podcasts together. Yeah. And I look forward to making many more. Yeah. I'm okay, actually, with extending the hiatus until, say, like, January of 2027. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> just just de- debuting Dear John and Hank, our, our um, new hit podcast. I also like, it's funny that you, I, I have to say this. It's funny that you, when I proposed the idea of a newsletter that I might use if I felt like it, which is how I phrased it. Yeah. That you were like, that is, uh-huh. you cannot do that. But when, when I said to you, maybe this will give us some time to work on that book project that we would like to maybe do together. You were like, yeah! yeah. <laughs> you were very excited about that. Yeah, okay, all right. Do, do you not see that? <laughs> I, we I thought we were in the conclusion phase of the podcast, but I guess not. Everybody <laughs> stopped listening when, when they thought we were wrapping up, but it turns out that we had a whole other bit to get to. Uh-huh. Do you not, and this is a genuine question, like I, I'm not asking this rhetorically. It may sound like I'm asking it rhetorically, but that's only because I'm frustrated. Do you not see the difference between starting a new thing that is open-ended, has no shape, and may last Mm. forever, and writing a book? Yeah, (laughs) I, I guess I do. Okay, that's great. I'm super encouraged that you see the difference between those two kinds of projects. I probably should see see the see that 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 different shape more often. I love a thing that ends. Yeah, Hank Hank loves an open ended commitment, and God thank God because like otherwise we might not have made an open ended commitment to Partners in Health. We might not have made an open ended commitment to Vlogbrothers and Dear Hank and John and lots of other stuff. But like, let's all 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 all, all hail. Some things ended, you know, like this, like this book that we're hopefully going to write together with all your, uh, with, with all of, yeah. All the energy I'm going to have over the next few months. But the hope is that that's not an obligation. Exactly. It's just like, whenever you feel like it, you can write me. You still haven't written me anything. So like, and that's fine. I was just working on it. No rush, man. No. And if it, if it never happens, that's good too. Yeah. Zero deadlines. That's the difference. It's like no deadlines, no open-endedness. If it happens, it'll happen in an end. And if it doesn't happen, nobody ever has to know about it. Except for all these people who do now it, know that there is something. Except for the 12 people who listened after the end. <laughs> who stuck through. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast was edited by Callie Dishman, produced by Rosiana Hall-Rojas. Our communications coordinator is Brooke Shotwell. Our editorial assistant is Deboki Chakravarty. The music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't Don't forget forget to be awesome. awesome.